0: Hey, Cubs fans, and welcome to a brand new edition of Cubs on Tap. It's a late one after a wild game in L.A., but ladies and gentlemen, we are here to talk about the 17th no-hitter in Chicago Cubs history, the first combined no-hitter in Chicago Cubs history. I think that's worth noting here, Uh, but before we get started, I am Ron Luce doing a solo venture tonight. Again, it is a late one. People got to work in the morning. Uh, thankfully, I have a schedule that allows me to wake up just a smidge later than mm-hmm. some of my other co-hosts. Uh, so I am here to talk about this one with you guys. But what a game. Can we start off with that? What a game. Because this game really had everything. He had some offense. He had the long ball. He had some surprise performers. I think Jay Hay is a good example of that. Two for three from Jason Hayward tonight. That's a welcomed, welcome sign from him. Wilson Contreras hitting a bomb. Javier Baez hitting a bomb in the first inning then get things going. Things look good. Things looked really good for the Cubs tonight. It was very, very, very exciting. But then obviously the pitching, ladies and gentlemen. Ironically, eight walks given up by this this staff today. They combined for the no-hitter. But Zach Davies, five and four now in the season after the W today. He goes six no-hit innings with five walks and four strikeouts. How often do you see that a pitcher throw a no hitter, or at least be a part of a no hitter? I should say, <laughs> and he walks more guys than he strikes out. But that's just how this this Cubs team has been this year. And Zach Davies, you know, throws another really, really quality game. Um, you know, outside of his last start, you know, really three of his last four, he's been really, really good, and he's actually doing um, what I would consider uh, to be the the exact thing that the Cubs need really at this point in the season. But then the, the dynamic trio out of the bullpen then comes in. Ryan Tepera, a clean inning from him, a walk. No strikeouts, though, ironically. Very quiet night from him uh, in terms of strikeouts. Chafin, same thing. Clean inning, one walk, no strikeouts. Uh, so those guys, those guys keep their ERAs below two. And then Craig Kimbrell lowers his ERA again. He's now a .59 on the season. He goes a clean inning there in the ninth. He did walk one, but he strikes out three. And the Cubs... Take home the no-hitter in LA, a LA team again that's very good. They're 44 and 31. They're they're no chumps by any means. This Cubs team has now won 42 games, and they are in a prime position, ladies and gentlemen, as we round out um, you know the month of June, really heading into the into the July 4th holiday here, uh, you know, in the United States. For those that that listen in country, obviously, majority of our, our our listening base is that, but we do have some international listeners. So uh, for those that you know considering that uh you know fourth of july independence for you know the united states is coming up real soon and it's usually a good benchmark if you're uh, if you're in the top two in your division you're, you're probably going to be there at the end uh in the way the cubs are shaping up right now it really does feel like they're going to be there at the end um if you did unfortunately not get to see this game because as i mentioned it was a late one it was a 9-10 start um due to being in los angeles uh the cubs again like i said top of the first got things going However, your bias uh, his 17th home run of the season, the le- uh, you know more or less left center. I guess it was more traditionally center field, uh, but that gave the Cubs a one nothing lead, and really for most of this game, that's all it took. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure the Dodgers had more base runners than the Cubs did uh, late into this game, even into that sixth inning when the Cubs finally patted on some runs, um, but it didn't matter. The Cubs actually had the lone hit uh, for for a while there, and. And the Dodgers couldn't get anything going. And finally, in the top of the sixth, the Wilson Contreras. He hit his 13th home run of the season. Chris Bryant was on base, so he scores as well. The two-run shot made it 3 to nothing Cubbies. Uh, and then Jake Marisnyk, pinch hitting for Zach Davies, who they lifted from the game after that sixth inning. Uh, he singles. That scores Jason Hayward and ultimately moves Eric Sogard to second. The Cubs would go on actually to load the bases then in that inning. Uh, but unfortunately could not add to it. So 4-0 is your final, as we mentioned, eight hits in total for the Cubs tonight. The Dodgers no-hit to combine for the Cubs' first-ever combined no-hitter and then the 17th in Cubs history uh, tonight. So pretty special night. I mean, again, it, it sucks that it was in L.A. It really feels like a lot of people didn't get the fully experience and enjoy this game. Because it was so late, you know, and just these late night starts really kill people. But I mean, what a what a sweet way to take it from the Dodgers if you're the Cubs. I mean, you, you know hit a very good lineup. I mean, let's let's not let's not sneeze at this lineup here at all. I mean, you got Mookie Betts, who's you know, arguably one of the best players in baseball. Max Muncie, who's who's probably destined for the all-star game this year as a starter. I mean, he's been incredibly good for the for the Dodgers so far. Chris Taylor has been a very good player this year as well. Obviously, Cody Bellinger. Uh, this guy's a uh, you know an MVP, so he's he's no punk. Oh, Albert Pujols, I, I don't care that he's as old as he is. Uh, the dude still finds ways to to produce, and and he's been producing at a pretty good clip actually, uh, ever since he became a Dodger. Obviously, struggled out the gate to start the season with the Angels until he was DFA'd. Um, but AJ Pollock. You know, overall, pretty good player. Uh, Gavin Lux is turning into a real nice player, and you know, even Austin Barnes. Sure, he's not known for his bat, but very good defensive catcher, and certainly a guy that can that can give you some pop uh, if you really needed him to. And again, I mean, this this Cubs pitching staff just took care of business, and against a very good pitcher on the other side, Walker Buehler, uh, going for the Dodgers in this one. He is seven and one now on the season. He was seven and zero coming into this game has been absolutely sensational for the Dodgers at this point. He he still pitched pretty well. I mean, six innings for him. uh, He did give up five hits. He gave up three runs. Uh, He did walk two, struck out six. Really, the two long balls, the only things that killed him, he still has a 2.51 ERA on the season. So that should be pretty indicative of how good he's been. Uh, And obviously, like I said, his first loss of the season on his record. So he's now 7-1 and after tonight's game. David Price couldn't even get out of the inning. Uh, He gave up three hits and a run. Uh, before he was lifted and then Bickford uh, he came in and pitched a clean inning then with a strikeout to get out of that jam and then Clevenger came in two innings of work for him he did walk two struck out one but no damage done um, there for the Cubs or excuse me I should say by the Cubs uh, against him and then as we mentioned (laughs) the incredible incredible pitching tonight but how crazy how crazy if you're you know this Cubs staff coming into tonight, and just in general, really, if you look around baseball and where to say this, that a team would throw not only their first combined no-hitter in franchise history, a franchise that's been around for well over 100 years, has seen 16 no-hitters prior to this. Not only would they throw their first combined no-hitter after you know this many years of existence, but they also walked more guys than they struck out. How crazy is that? The Cubs tonight walked eight batters in total. As we mentioned, Davies five for him in those six innings. And then Tapera, Chafin, and Kimbrell each walking one. Very unlike, actually, all three of those guys. They really don't walk a lot of guys. So for them to walk a batter each tonight is kind of interesting. And again, four strikeouts for Davies. No strikeouts again until Kimbrell in the ninth uh, when he struck out three to get all three outs for the Cubs and take this game home. No save for kimbrough uh, was not technically a safe position but however with history on the line you certainly want your best arm out of your bullpen there in the ninth you don't want to lose that no hitter uh, you know with eight and a third or, you know eight and a third or eight and two thirds into this thing um so smart move i think overall by david ross to, to allow this cubs team to, to write history really i mean that's what happened tonight uh, what an incredible game i mean it just it was crazy to watch it really was and you know, thinking about what the history was and, and you know, now knowing, you know, the first combined no hitter and, and Cubs history, folks. You know how long the Cubs have been in existence? A long time, a really, really long time. And yet they did an incredible job tonight. The pitching was great. Davies looked really good. I mean, let's just call a spade a spade here. Sure, you know, he he walked a lot of guys. You know, he had some control issues really early on in the game, especially those first two innings. But he got the job done. He didn't allow any damage. Obviously, the no hits was incredibly important for sake of the storyline. But he did a really, really, really great job. They did a lot of good things. And just it's, it's it's an incredible, incredible, incredible game for the Cubs. And like I mentioned, just a lot of good things going on. I mean, overall, the offense, fairly quiet. I mean, sure, the Cubs you know had eight hits on the night. But, I mean, Jock Peterson, 0 for 3. Uh, tonight, Alcantara in a pinch-hitting situation was 0 for 1. Bryant was technically 0 for 4, but he did walk once, and that's ultimately what led to him scoring the run on the Contreras homer. Baez 1 for 4 with you know the aforementioned home run in the first inning. Anthony Rizzo 1 for 3. You know nothing crazy. Wilson Contreras 1 for 4 with the the two-run shot. You know Ortega was 0 for 3. Wisdom was what took a walk in his pinch hit appearance. Honestly, Jason Hayward, a guy that I think is worth mentioning tonight, took a walk, had two hits, two for three with a walk and a run scored. That is a very good night for Jason Hayward. That is the type of night for Jason Hayward, ladies and gentlemen, that like if he continues to do that, obviously he's not gonna, you know, be two for three with a walk every single night, but if he gives you those type of outings, he doesn't need to be the power guy. He doesn't need to hit 25 home runs. Not in this lineup. Not when you have guys like Bryant. Not when you have guys like Baez, Rizzo, Contreras, hell, even Peterson and 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 some of these other guys now that have stepped up. You don't need him to be that guy. He does not need to be the power hitter that he was in St. Louis for that one season. He doesn't even need to be guy the guy that he was in Atlanta, where he was a, you know, twenty and sixty-five at least kind of guy. If he can give you ten to fifteen bombs this year even lower than that's fine probably, you know, but is getting on base at the end of your order for these, you know, big guns to drive him in. That's incredibly important. And that's really what's going to, you know, make a big difference. Again, Hayward's lone run scored tonight, driven in by Marisnik off the bench as a pinch hitter, you know, when they relieved Davies and even Davies was one for two tonight. I think that's worth mentioning too. He had a nice little, you know, bloop single uh, out, into, out into, you know, essentially center field. Um, that actually advanced Hayward all the way to third base. And even Eric Sogard won for four on the night. I mean, a guy I know that, you know, a lot of Cubs fans don't like. And when you look at the numbers, it's kind of understandable. But I mean, he, he got the job tonight. And, and these guys all got to be a part of history. Uh, something that's incredibly, incredibly, incredibly special because, again, I mean, how often do you see a no-no? And the and crazy thing is, too, is this Cubs organization, these combined no-hitters have been a theme for this Cubs organization so far this year. Correct me if I'm wrong, but South Bend, or no, excuse me, A Iowa had a combined no-hitter, maybe even a combined perfect game. And then Myrtle Beach just combined the other night, actually. I think this was just two nights ago or a night ago uh, with four of their pitchers uh, for a no-hitter as well. So this Cubs organization finding ways to win with, you know, somewhat unconventional pitching at their major league level and then with a lot of young kids at the minor league levels – uh, allowing these guys to be successful and allowing these guys to be a part of history. I mean, how cool would it be if each level had a, a no hitter this year, even if it was combined, that's crazy, crazy stuff. It does not happen very often. And I think that's absolutely worth mentioning because again, it's, it's one thing to see no hitters. And obviously this year, the the MLB's seeing a record clip of no hitters to this point. Um, you know, already what I think it's eight this year now with the Cubs edition and but all seven of those other ones were solo efforts. It's a guy going nine innings. It's a guy, you know, just trying to close out a game and have the, the gas to get there. You know, for the Cubs, they did it with four guys. You did it with a, a starter who's finally starting to come around for you and Zach Davies. He's really starting to, you know, put it together and do a lot of good things. And then, you know. Tapera, Chafin, and, and Kimbrell, who have been your just dynamic trio out of that bullpen. Literally, these guys are on incredible streaks. I think uh, I think the f- official stats for for this one, 22 and a third, I want to say, innings for Ryan Tapera, scoreless. Chafin's at 17 and a third, I believe, scoreless innings. And then even Kimbrell's at 14 and two-thirds. It's technically not scoreless, but it was an under run because it was in an extra inning game. So, like, you, you know, he might not even let that base runner on, and even kimbrel has been that good, too. So that just goes to show these guys have been absolutely dynamite for this bullpen so far. You know when you're getting Tapara Chafin, Kimbrell out of the pen. The Cubs are up, and the Cubs have, you know, it's a it's more often than not a safe situation, you know, and a hold situation for guys like Tepera and guys like Chafin. And just imagine this team in the playoffs. If, they, if their rotation can get up to par to at least be somewhat dangerous in the postseason, you know, if Adbert kind of gets to his, you know, early season ways where he was really cruising, and even if he was only giving you five, he was giving you a really strong five. You know, maybe you get what you get out of Davies tonight. Hopefully, not as many walks, but, you know, the four strikeouts and no runs is cool. Yeah, and then, and, and even with guys like Hendricks, who seems to be finally coming around, and then, you know, maybe they add a, a, another arm to be in this rotation at, at the deadline. Or you maybe get a bounce back from Jake. I know that might be a bit of a stretch, but who knows? But this this pitching staff, as long as the starters can get to the pen, they have enough guys that can, you know, work that sixth inning role if you can only get five out of a starter. You got guys like Brad Wick, Rowan Wick, hopefully if he gets back at some point. I mean a plethora of arms, Rex Brothers, you know, just to name a few, that can fill that sixth inning void and do it really well. And then seventh inning is Ryan Tappara, who can again throw multiple innings. He's done it multiple times this year. You know, if you really needed him to in a postseason game, he probably could throw your sixth and your seventh for you. Chafin comes in in the eighth, does his job, locks it down, and then fucking dirty Craig in the ninth inning just comes in and shuts the damn door. This team's fun. They're fun, man. They, they're, again, there's a reason Cubs fans are so excited about this team this year. They didn't have expectations to do well. They had no expectations actually, and that's why it's even more impressive, because you got guys like Ryan Tepero who is is stepping up really where he left off last season. Andrew Chafin coming on hot, you know, ending last year really strong, and then you know picking back up this year. Craig Kimbrell looking like the the ace closer that I think people expected him to be when the Cubs signed him a few years ago. You know, you're, you're getting a lot out of this bullpen. This bullpen's been incredible. And then don't forget guys like Keegan Thompson, Justin Steele, who's going to begin a rehab assignment at AAA here soon. Getting him back in the in the bullpen will be huge. A guy that's proven time time again he can he can get out of those big jams for you. You know, in a sixth or a seventh inning type role. I mean, the bats have been there at least enough. Sure, they've been hitting the long ball a lot more lately, but we've seen it at times this season. They've been able to you know string together hits and you know play you know station to station baseball. It's possible. It happens. They do it. They've done it before. This is a fun Cubs team. It's really coming down to that starting rotation. If that starting rotation can just be good enough to give the pen enough of a breather, so at least five, preferably six, the pen's going to come in, do their job, and shut this bitch down time and time again. And just as we saw it tonight, the Cubs no hitting the Dodgers. I'm going to say it again no hitting the Dodgers is a combined effort. Zach Davies, six innings of work, five walks, four strikeouts for him. And then Tepera and Chafin, each a clean inning with a walk. And then Kimbrell, clean inning, a walk, and three Ks to close this door out. Pretty, pretty spectacular, I'm not going to lie. It's awesome to see uh, pretty much a full house out there in L.A. too. So probably plenty of Cubs fans out there, you know, enjoying this moment. And uh, I know all the Cubs fans, at least myself included, that watched on TV. Um, can say this was still pretty cool uh, to experience. And again, it sucks it's a late game and probably a decent population of Chicagoland that loves to watch the Cubs missed it. But, um, you know, hopefully they can they can go back and rewatch this thing tomorrow because it's 100% worth watching. Well, ladies and gentlemen, before we go ahead and transition to tomorrow's game, Friday, I mean, when you're listening to this, it is Friday. And then what I'm recording this is, is technically Friday, but. Um, I do want to remind you Cubs on tap is the official Cubs podcast at the on tap sports network go ahead and check out all of our great work, www.ontapsportsnet.com and at on tap sports net on social media. That is Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, you name it. We're there. Uh, we got great Cubs coverage. Obviously you're listening to some of that right now. You've listened to probably a good majority of it all season long with myself, Cody, Joe Maris, juice, and many others. We got great bears coverage too, though. Blackhawks, Bulls, and yes, Cubs fans. We all have at least one friend that's a South Sider friend. I have a lot of them because I live in the South suburbs. Go ahead and bring them to us as well because our Socks on Tap gang does a damn good job too. Um, And they're a pretty, pretty damn good group. So once again, you want to check out all of our great work over at www.ontapsportsnet.com and at Tap Sportsnet on social media. You can go ahead and follow the pod specific accounts at Cubbies, that's C-U-B-B-I-E-S, on tap. That's on Twitter and Instagram. And I am at loose on tap uh, on Twitter. So, once again, the on tap sports network, go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. All righty, let's move ahead and move forward because the Cubs are back at it again with the Dodgers tomorrow on Friday, June 25th, in Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles, California. As I mentioned, it is a 9 10 Central Daylight Time start. So, 10 10 for those on the East Coast. Uh, and then everybody else, you can just do the math from there. Uh, this is game two now of the four game series between these two clubs if you are listening or watching in the chicagoland market you can listen on 670 the score and watch on marquee sports network and then if you're in the dodgers network go ahead and check out the am 570 which is dodgers radio or ktnq 1020 and then you can watch on sportsnet la or sportsnet la deportes um no nationally televised game here um, but should still be a good matchup. The Dodgers will be trotting out right-handed pitcher Tony Gonsolin. Uh, he is on the season. Uh, I believe this will be only his fourth game of the year so far. Uh, He has a three-flat ERA and only 11 Ks. Uh, And fun fact, actually, Rafael Ortega, the only player in this lineup that has actually seen Gonsolin. He's 0-2 for against him. Uh, But for the Cubbies, uh, they will be trotting out Jake the Snake. Jake is 5-8 now on the season after a bit of a cold streak here with a 545 ERA and 56 Ks. Um, many of these Dodgers don't have a lot of success against him. Obviously, some of that dates back to his first tenure with the Cubs uh, circa you know 2014, 15, 16, and 17. However, Max Muncy is four for 10 against Jake in his career with two home runs and four RBIs. So certainly a guy to keep an eye on. But what I expect from tomorrow, I mean, really, you're just hoping Jake can give you enough. You know, Five strong innings, maybe keeps the Dodgers under three runs, I think would be perfectly ideal. Uh, in this situation, you just need him to pitch well enough, and I think that's where the Cubs know they are at this point. And who knows? Maybe we see a guy like a Keegan Thompson, you know, get a get a look in this rotation, or we see a guy like Alec Mills become a permanent staple of said rotation uh, for the rest of the season because you know Jake is just has not been getting it done lately. But uh, I really do think we see enough out of Jake tomorrow in this late late game out in LA on a Friday night. Uh, just to get the Cubs in a position to, to be in striking distance or with a lead. Uh, and then hopefully, you know, this bullpen can do it again. Obviously hard pressed to think that's a Chafin, and, and Kimber will run it back again the way they did. Uh, so maybe we see a different combination out of the pen from David Ross and company. But um it should certainly be a pretty, pretty, pretty good game. And I know I'm looking forward to watching it'll likely be myself and Joe Maris on the mic tomorrow night. Normally scheduled show too uh, this one was just because of the lateness and some things came up. Uh, it was only a podcast, but um, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully, maybe not seeing Gonsolin actually plays as a as an as an asset. Who knows? I mean, you know, guys like Chris Bryant, Hobby Baez, Wilson Contreras. There's plenty of power in this lineup, and with them being a righty, um, you know, obviously tonight against Bueller, you didn't see guys like Ian Happ, but you know, maybe we see an Ian Happ back tomorrow. Maybe we see a Sergio Alcántara. Uh, get the start over a guy like Eric Sogard at second base. There's there's a lot of options for tomorrow that we can see, um, and it would certainly be nice uh, to see yet another Cubs W and at least guarantee a split against this Dodgers team. With you know, as we mentioned, two more games on Saturday and Sunday, both scheduled to be roughly six fifteen starts. Uh, in the central daylight time zone. So that'll be also lovely because people won't be having to stay up until all hours to catch the Cubbies in LA Uh, for my fly, the W pick um, this one's tough. Again, nobody's really seen Gonsolin. Uh, The only guy that has is Ortega and he's 0 for two. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and take a stab in the dark on this one. I'm going to go ahead and just roll with Anthony Rizzo. I feel like, you know, the righty lefty matchup looks good. I think Anthony's poised to, to continue to break out a little bit. He was starting to get hot there for a while. Uh, he seemed to cool off a little bit. He did get a hit tonight, which was, um, you know, super-duper encouraging. But, man, I mean, uh, an Anthony Rizzo bomb in, in Dodger Stadium on a Friday night just, just hits different. It hits different like a cold beer when you just hashtag crack them on a beautiful Friday right before happy hour. That's the level of an Anthony Rizzo hit or a home run, or whatever he does tomorrow. I hope he has a good game. So I'm going to go ahead and take Anthony Rizzo as my fly, the W player. Well, ladies and gentlemen, a short episode. I know uh, this is you know, just a quick hitter here. Um, not a lot to talk about. I mean, you know, granted, when your team no-hits another team, uh, there's not a lot of offense on the Dodgers' side to talk about tonight. And Honestly, for the Cubs, there wasn't a lot either, uh, but the pitching was dominant. And obviously, as we mentioned, history was made the 17th no-hitter in franchise history. The first that was not by a single person. It was a combined effort between Zach Davies, Ryan Tapera, Andrew Chafin, and Craig Kimbrell. I'm Ron Luce. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. We will be back, as I mentioned, tomorrow night after the game with your normally scheduled show. Uh, It should be myself and Joe Maris as we head into the weekend then um, for all kinds of fun and festivities. And then we will be back with you on Sunday night following that Dodgers-Cubs game uh, to round out the series. So hopefully the Cubs are going for at least a guaranteed split tomorrow uh, with Jake Arrieta on the mound against Tony Gonsolin. And hopefully this Cubs team can light up the right-hander who admittedly none of them have really seen. Um, so maybe that'll play into their favor or that will play totally against them and Jake will get let up. But we're going to aim for the positives here. I am figuratively putting my W flag on my hat right now. And let's get out of here. The only way we know how to, ladies and gentlemen, especially after a no hitter, because no hitters are cool and tough. Let's go, Cubbies.